This is Alan. This is Eric. And this is Jobs to be Done in Five. In this episode, we talk about how describing a job to be done in the right way can help you become a better innovator. How do you like to describe a job to be done? I find it helpful when I describe a job to be done to make sure that I hit three criteria. The first one is I need to make sure that I'm not describing a task or activity because that's just describing me using a solution for a job to be done, right? And so making a quarter-inch hole is not a job to be done. That's just describing what I do with a drill. It doesn't describe why I bought the drill in the first place. The second thing is I want to make sure that I have a level of abstraction that describes how the customer tried to solve the job be done in the past, but also how they might solve it into the future. So that that helps prevent me just from describing what they're doing today or what product that they're using today. And the last one is I want to make sure that, of course, I'm describing motivation. So I like to say, again, we have the idea of jobs to be done. It's called jobs to be done for a reason. There's the job, there's the struggle, and then there's the to be done part, which is how things are better, that picture I have in my mind once I overcome the struggle. We came across John Palmer's website, and he talks about the job to be done being something, not that the product must do, but something that the customer must do. I, I, think, uh, I think that states it well, too. Do you, can you share an example from the book of how you've used that formula to describe a job to be done? A very accessible example that I use in the book is some work I, I did to find out why people were buying Honest products. So I had interviewed about a dozen people about why they were buying Honest products. And I found for me to describe the job that they were trying to get done as, and this is how I word it, free me from the stress that I deal with when figuring out what products won't harm my children so I can have more time to enjoy being a parent. And I feel like that description describes why that they're just hiring Honest because that's what they did. They, they don't really think about hiring specific products. They're just like, well, Honest makes it, so I'll just buy it from them. It also describes going to the internet and searching. It also describes calling up mom or calling up your friends or calling up the doctor and asking them. Those are the behaviors they stopped doing when they started using Honest. I can resonate with that experience. We've got kids. I remember them being young and just trying to do basic things became a lot more difficult. Going to the beach... Um, and when you did, figuring out what SPF to put on them, what what kinds of sunscreen might cause them to break out. Because if you're not careful about that, then this wonderful leisurely day at the beach all of a sudden becomes something stressful that, that nobody's going to enjoy. But then it also you know applied to things like cleaning products, um, foods, different things like that. And so, yeah, when you use that example of honest, that, that resonates me with me. We didn't I don't know, Honest may not have existed or we didn't know about it, but when you talked about those other solutions about using Google, we would do a search for what SPF do we need for a baby? And the first two websites that would come up would say wildly, they would say contradictory things. And you're like, well, do I trust WebMD or do I trust, I don't know, whatever Yahoo answers. And so I totally get that struggle. I feel like for us, the done state maybe looked a little bit different than the way that you described it. To me, it seemed less like it had to do with the amount of time of being a parent, and it had more to do with the quality of the time that we spent being a parent. Why do you feel like this formula is the right way to describe it? When I'm designing something, I've been a product manager and doing this. I've been 
in the engineering capacity, been there as a designer and as an entrepreneur. I don't want to feel constrained. I want something that gives me creativity, but I need something that also sets up boundaries. So I have to find the right level of abstraction that's not so lofty and abstract, it's meaningless, but not so concrete that just basically is just outsourcing the design to base some formula. And if we were to take a statistical point of view on it, you could think of it as the difference between overfitting and underfitting. Overfitting your model would be basically just describing the data that you have. But when you do that, you can't predict into the future. If you underfit your model, then it's so abstract that you also can't predict into the future because it's, it's all meaningless. Um, I've used it in a, in a few instances, and I find that for me and for the other people that are using this, that what it does is it really takes the focus off of the product, and it puts it more on the customer situation and their ideal for progress. That was Jobs to be Done in 5. Check out more at jtbd.info.